Hey, Mike here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Dark Poutine early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. You're about to listen to a historical episode of Dark Poutine. After episode 149, you will find Scott is no longer with the show. In an effort to maintain continuity and offer listeners as many episodes as possible, we are leaving the episodes in which he co-hosted intact. Thank you. Welcome to Dark Poutine. I'm Mike Brown, creator and host. With me as usual is my good friend and co-host, Scott Hemingway. Say hello, Scott. Bonjour, mon ami. That was the extent of my French. But mon ami indicates a singular. Yeah. Mes amis. What was talking to you? I was looking. Oh, also bonjour, mes amis. There you go. Yeah. Mes Mezzanine. Mezzanine. Yeah. <laughs> hello, mezzanine. The views, information, and opinions expressed during the Dark Poutine podcast are solely those of the producer and do not necessarily represent those of Curious Cast, its affiliate Global News, nor their parent company, Chorus Entertainment. Dark Poutine is not for the faint of heart or squeamish. Listener discretion is strongly advised. We're not experts on the topics we present, nor are we journalists. We're two ordinary Canadians chatting about crime and the dark side of history. Let's get to it. Put on your toque, grab yourself a double-double, and a Nanaimo bar. It's time to scarf down some dark poutine. Chomp, chomp, chomp! CrimeCon, May 1st to 3rd, mm-hmm. Orlando, Florida. Be there or be, be there, square. Or be uh, an equilateral rectangle. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. That doesn't have quite the ring to it. Yeah. yeah. Go to CrimeCon.com to get your tickets. Hey, what's the, is there a password people should use? Well, there is a code mm. for 10% off. They should be using Poutine 2020. That's 10% off. That's good savings, people. That is good savings. That's good savings. Yeah. And we would appreciate it. And yeah, so you get the 10% off of you the do. very little enjoyment that we would provide. <laughs> well, there's no, thankfully, there's a lot of other, <laughs> there's a lot of other things. Exactly. Yeah, you can go to see the captain and Nick from True Crime Garage or Tyler from Minds, Minds of, of Madness and Jamie from Murderish. Yeah. I mean, you know. and we'll, you know, we'll high five you for what that's worth. Sure. For what that's worth. We'll even get our pictures taken with you or give, get, get a hug. To me, I'm excited to meet them. Yeah. So yeah, it fe- yeah, it feels That's like that's the I'm, way it feels for yeah. me too. It's like, what you want your photo with me? What? What's wrong with you? <laughs> also, the Umbriard is doing really well. We're exploding. We're exploding. So yeah, if you want to come join us on Facebook, do so. We're having fun there. Yeah, we and are. there's been a lot less jack wagons lately, actually. So well, that's crazy. Being that we're growing. Yeah, maybe we grew past the jack wagon sta- point. And, and now it's just... I'm, th- I'm sure there'll be multiple jack wagon eggs. phases, but we, we push through. There you go. 
Also, mm -hmm. if you're listening to this yes. the day or the week that it drops, on Sunday, February 16th, we will be doing a live show at 12.45 p.m. at Fan Expo Vancouver in downtown Vancouver. It's going to be so fun. 12.45 post-meridian yeah. yeah. time. Jordy LaForge is going to be there. I know. There's, I just think they keep announcing new people showing yeah. up. It's, a, it's actually going He's to be going to be wearing his hair clip across his face. He should. He better yeah. be. Yeah. I'm going to bring one just in case. Yeah. And Christina Ricci is going to be there too. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Well, well. Hopefully she loves podcasts. <laughs> Something tells me she won't know. Oh, no. Oh, good God, no. Oh, hi, I, uh, uh, Scott from Dark Poutine. Maybe if Yardley uh, Smith what? was there, she might know who we are because they follow us on uh, Twitter. Oh, do they? Oh, yeah. So Lisa Simpson follows us mm -hmm. on Twitter. That's, That's pretty... not, not a big deal. But she's a true crime person herself. She absolutely yeah. is. And their their show, Small Town Dicks, is fantastic. Well, there's been some controversy, but uh, yeah. behind the scenes stuff, but- uh, Whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it happens. It... We've had our own controversies behind the scenes. We are controversy behind we, the we scenes. We are absolute controversy. Oh, there's a band name. We are controversy. Uh-huh. We learned, uh, we just watched the Beatles Magical Mystery Tour today. Oh, yeah? The really crappy psychedelic movie. Mm-hmm. And there's this song where this stripper is stripping and this blonde-haired guy is pretending to be Elvis. And one of the lyrics is Death Cab for Cutie. Oh, well, that it can't be coincidence. <laughs> it can't be. Nope. No. So there you go. Hmm. Let's get to the show. Let's do that. This week we're back closer to home and it will be the second episode in a row where we tackle a story from recent headlines. Mm -hmm. I've been waiting until the resolution of this case to cover it. Yep. And it happened on November 6, 2017, and that is exactly a week after our first show dropped. Yeah, yeah. I remember so, this, yeah. Uh, we mentioned it briefly in episode two because it took place in Abbotsford. Yep. The case was finally settled on Monday, February 3rd, 2020. Hmm. That took a long time. Yeah. I was tearful a few times while writing and researching this episode. Oh, boy. I, I remember it and the details really well. Mm -hmm. This was a truly senseless crime. Thanks to the extensive coverage of these tragic events, we can present a good amount of background information mm. on the victim specifically in yep. this episode. Yep. So, on November 6, 2017, Constable John Davidson, 53, badge number 386 of the Abbotsford Police Department responded to a report of shots fired at the business complex at 3220 Mount Lehman Road in Abbotsford, BC. Mm. Just before noon, Constable Davidson pulled up on a black Mustang convertible in the mall parking lot. He opened the door and stepped out of his pickup truck to investigate the suspect vehicle that did not appear to be occupied. A man who'd been lying in wait nearby then ambushed Constable Davidson, shooting the uniformed officer from behind with a single 7.62mm round from a Simonov SKS 1945 semi-automatic rifle. So it's like an AK-47 knockoff. Yeah, that's what I was visualizing. As Constable Davidson lay face down in the parking lot, bleeding from his first wound, the man with the rifle strode up behind the motionless officer and coldly shot him a second time. Jesus. The gunman walked away from the slain man, tossed his rifle into the Mustang, got into the car, and calmly drove out of the parking lot and onto Mount Lehman Road. A 65-year-old Alberta man was arrested minutes later after the shooting. He was boxed in by pursuing police officers and shot twice in the face during the subsequent oh. melee. Wow. Unlike Constable Davison, 
The man's wounds were not life-threatening, and he lived to be charged with first-degree murder for taking the officer's life. Constable John Davidson was a Scottish immigrant, husband, and the proud father of three adult children. This is episode 111, Murder on Duty, Constable John Davidson. Wow, so yeah, you know, a lot of that I didn't know. Mm -hmm. Because the, the trial and stuff, it didn't seem to be... Discussed a lot or public. I think public. because it took place two years after. Yeah. And over a, such an extended amount of time because there were delays, delays mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for lawyerly sort of things as mm -hmm. there typically are. People didn't pay as close attention as they could have. Yeah. I think I'm sure his colleagues and his family paid attention. Oh, I, absolutely. But as far as the general public... I don't think it got the attention that it deserved, for sure. No, it caught me off guard when you said a 65-year-old man. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. So we'll get into what yeah, happened. Yeah. Uh, we haven't talked about Abbotsford much since episode two and three when we discussed the crimes of Terry Grant Driver, named the Abbotsford Killer, as mm -hmm. his crimes occurred there. Oh, yes. Yeah, and Scott <laughs> watched movies with him. Yes. <laughs> Weird. If you haven't listened to two and three, do it. Or don't. Oh, no, I'd say do it. <laughs> yeah. Abbotsford, British Columbia, whose colonial development began with the gold rush along the Fraser River in 1858, is now a city of just over 153,000 people east of Vancouver on the Canadian-U.S. border just above Sumas, mm. Washington. Correct. Yes. <laughs> By the 1860s, rural Abbotsford was known for its production of milk, butter, and tobacco. Don't combine all three of those, though. No, I can't yeah. imagine that would be a good time. Eating tobacco is not a good thing. Uh, Neither is smoking, smoking butter or milk. To butter milk. Okay. Yeah. Tourism Abbotsford notes, quote, Home first to the Sumas and Matsqui, Abbotsford is where the city turns into the countryside. Our identity will always be rooted in the land that has sustained the people of this place for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. Sure. Lovely. Uh, we've joked uh, that some people have called the city Stabbotsford, but the community, led by its police force, has been working hard to clean up their streets. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. A lot of where we live has some pretty, uh, an un pretty unfortunate reputation that doesn't necessarily represent mm -hmm. where we live. And so, although there was a, a shooting right across the street and a, and a hockey mom murdered across the other street, let's not get bogged down in the semantics. <laughs> <laughs> I, like it, yeah. God, that if you really think was about tragic. it, yeah. well, but if you live in downtown Vancouver, I'm sure you can also sure. list um, uh, murders that. But Abbotsford is a nice area. I've spent a lot of time yeah. there, and uh, and uh, yeah, it's just a your typical suburb. Yeah, the municipal police force, and I think it's one of eleven in uh, British Columbia. Mm. Most of the other places have the RCMP. Yeah. The Abbotsford Police Department took over from the RCMP in 1995. Interesting. Uh, the department's website says that it is of, as of 2018, there were 219 officers in duty on the city. Mm -hmm. And the department's motto is Unus Cum Veribus Duorum. Is that from Harry Potter? No. Oh. It, which translated from Latin, it means one with the strength of two. Well, that's nice. It is nice. Yeah. The department's vision is one of strengthen the community. Their mission is to make Abbotsford the safest city in BC, and their four core values are integrity, honor, courage, and service. That's a pretty great uh, mission to have. Right? Yeah. 
Abbotsford has had its issues with gang-related crime and drugs. Mm -hmm. In 2005, among cities with populations between 100 and 500,000 people, Abbotsford was first in the nation for property-related crimes and second in the number of violent crimes. I did not know that. Well, now you do. Now I do. Thankfully, this is in 2005. No, it's not. (laughs) In 2008 and 2009, Abbotsford had the notorious distinction of being Canada's murder capital with 5.22 homicides per 100,000 people. And that's more than doubling the national average of 1.81 homicides per 100,000. It's a pretty terrible average. Yeah, not good. But in 2010, the murder rate fell closer to the national average at 2.3 homicides per 100,000. So, Yeah, and, you know, that was some prime gang time as well. Yeah. And there was a lot, of, it's where a lot of gang heads and members lived. I was, I was recalling that as I was writing, actually. Yeah. So in 2005, Abbotsford Police Department were hiring. Obviously, they want to they want to <laughs> yeah. build up their police yeah. force yeah. a little more, and yeah. what they want are experienced officers. Mm-hmm. So they were recruiting in places like the UK because they want people oh. who were English speaking. Mm-hmm. Calgary has done that, I mm-hmm. believe. Edmonton has done it too. But mm-hmm. one of the people who ended up coming over was Constable John Davidson. Oh wow! He'd been working as a police officer for the Northumbria Police in the UK since 1993. So he had 12 okay. years of service. Already. Yeah, yeah. But he wanted a new adventure, so he picked up his wife and kids, three these three kids, <laughs> and moved them to this city that he'd never seen before. He which, was, which kids always love. Yeah. <laughs> so they were craving like a, an outdoor lifestyle, more active. Yeah, He's like, yeah. He was a big bike rider and all oh, that yeah. kind of stuff. So he was hired by the police department in March of 2006. That's awesome. Uh, John Davidson got into policing because he wanted to make a difference. He did just that in his 24-year policing career. He was no clock puncher. Mm. He was active working in patrol, the youth squad, and traffic sections during his tenure at the Abbey PD. Mm-hmm. He was well-liked and known around Abbotsford as one of the good guys. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. And we'll that's get awesome. In. There were a lot of people who, after he died, came out to talk about Hid their, his impact on good them? experiences yeah. that he, they yeah. had had with him. John Davidson's work with the young people of Abbotsford is significant. Mm. He dedicated some of his time as the coordinator of the Junior Police Academy for a few years. Now, I participated in the Junior Fire Department back home, and it was a really meaningful thing to me to go through that. And it was facilitated by, obviously, senior members of the fire department, and they trained us just like firefighters. We learned all the things a firefighter would learn, and a lot of the guys who were my cohorts in the junior fire department went on to become first responders. Some oh, are, wow. Some are firefighters yeah. and others are police officers. My friend Darren, for example, is an RCMP officer, mm. and my buddy Andy is was... I. I think he may still be the chief of the fire department there in Bridgewater now. So these are some really, really um, law enforcement, uh, healthcare workers, nurses, mm-hmm. doctors. These are just jobs that I have beyond respect for. A lot of people have stressful jobs, but more, uh, in in a lot of our jobs, uh, if we make a bad decision, yeah. spur the moment, it typically doesn't end in somebody's life in peril. Right. We used to say that at the cable company. Yeah. Thank God it's cable. Nobody dies. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, but in the, those are the jobs Yeah. where if you're not on every night, mm-hmm. 
there are serious repercussions. And so that's a lot of stress and a lot of pressure. And so, you know, God bless these people. John Davidson in 2011 was school liaison officer and working alongside the Abbotsford Fire Department, where he and a fireman mm-hmm. developed a road safety program titled Youth at Risk. And it grew out of his concern for young people being involved in fatal car accidents on the highways around Abbotsford. Oh, wow. So they did a bunch of education yeah. and those kind of things. Around oh, I them. love that. In 2012, Constable Davidson teamed up with Constable Carrie Durocher to make an 18-minute video called Operation X, The Straight Goods on E. Hmm. The Abbotsford Police Department partnered with the friends and family of two teens, Cheryl McCormick and Tyler Miller, who both died after taking MDMA. John Davidson had the hope of educating everyone on MDMA and its dangers. Yeah, because that's a, a drug that is often viewed as, as harmless. Yeah. yeah. Which it isn't. Dramatic audio of Cheryl McCormick's friend calling 911 as the 17-year-old Cheryl lays gasping for her final breaths on the floor in the early morning of December 20th is part of this film. Oh, wow. And it really drives that message home. Yeah. And her friends share about that experience later on. Oh, wow. Um, here's some audio of Constable Davidson speaking to Global News after being asked why he and Constable Durocher felt creating the video was important. Oh, I'm going to get emotional. We just thought we had to do something about it. We can't tolerate young people in our community dying. So, uh, yeah, we took the ball and ran with it. And as I say, we, we did focus groups and we feel that the success of Operation X so far is due to us pitching it. So... You know, he he obviously didn't want to take a lot of credit for that, but just over five years before he would die in the line of duty, he and Constable DeRoche were recognized provincially and awarded the Whale T. Audi Youth Policing Award for their efforts in the production of the Operation X video. So he was an award-winning youth officer. That's work that is just done from the heart. Mm -hmm. Oh. So we'll provide a link to the full video in the show notes for this episode. So you can watch mm-hmm. Operation X if you want to. I, I always recommend going and watching this stuff to get the best sense of who's being talked about. Yeah. Overall, highway safety was important to Constable Davidson as well. According to abbeynews.com's article by Ben Lipka two years after Constable Davidson's murder, quote, Davidson's many honors over the years include being named on a few occasions as a member of Alexa's team, Mm. who are officers who work to reduce the number of impaired drivers on the road. The team is named for Alexa Middleyer, who was killed by an impaired driver in 2008 when she was just four years old. Officers must complete a minimum of 12 impaired driving investigations in a year to make the team. But Davidson was recognized as an all-star in 2016 and 2017 for conducting more than 25 such investigations. Wow. I I think I remember uh, that Alexa. Yeah. She looks very much like my youngest daughter did at Mm -hmm. that age. And so I've seen a lot of photos of her. I remember that story and it was just... Oh God, do you see that little kid and the joy and the happiness in it, in, in her face? Yeah. And then killed by a drunk driver. Just... Who, who was refusing to take responsibility, oh, if I remember correctly. It was a really, really frustrating case. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, it, that, it, that yeah. was heavy all around. And so. Okay. Yeah. John Davidson was also known for his love of cycling and mm-hmm. had recently taken part in the Tour de Valley Cops for Cancer ride. Oh, this is just like an all-around amazing guy. He was a good good yeah. egg. Oh. 
in all the photos I've seen of him uh, with other people, mm -hmm. he appears shorter than the fellow officers. <laughs> oh. Like, uh, he'd be probably the same stature as me. And some of the female officers were even taller than him. Oh. But he, he just had this weird presence. presence. Yeah. When every interview I saw with him, yeah. he had this presence where he seemed like 10 feet tall. Yeah. You know, he was just one of those kind of character. people. Because character. Because yeah. character. Yeah. Yeah. A few locals had stories about positive interactions with Davidson while he was working in the city. Mm -hmm. Global news reporter Linda Steele uh, did a show dedicated to John Davidson on oh, wow. the day after he passed away. Okay. And one of her guests was a man named Warren Banks. And Warren expressed what a positive experience yep. he'd had yep. with John Davidson. So, oh, boy. Um, Let's hear some audio from that because yeah. it's, it's interesting stuff. Warren Banks is on the line. He's an Abbotsford man. He was pulled over by Davidson and, uh, and he wants to tell a story. Thanks for joining us, Warren. Well, thanks for having me. Tell us, how did you meet Constable Davidson? Well, I was on my way home from work. I work out on Annesis Island and I commute between Abbotsford and Delta every day. Uh, I was on my way home and actually it was Halloween and I was on my way to the supermarket to buy candy to give out that night and uh, got behind a bus that had its hazards on. And then all of a sudden, behind me, some lights go on, and I thought, oh, the police are here to look after this bus. So I go around the bus, and the lights are following me. Mm -hmm. So I pull into a side parking lot, and the lights follow me in. And I thought, well, what? this is unusual. What's what's the problem? So I get out my license and my, my registration, and roll the window down and he comes over and right away addresses me by my name. Oh, Mr. Banks, it's, uh, do you know why I'm here to pull you over? Very casual sort of approach. And uh, sort of already I'm a bit at ease because he's previous interactions with the police haven't been maybe so friendly. Mm -hmm. So he then explains to me in clear terms, this is, this is what I've, I've got this device in my car. It scans plates and it, you, your, your plate got scanned and it pinged. So I'm pulling you over because I think your insurance is, has expired. And I went, oh, I, I don't think it's due till tomorrow. And he, so of course, he looks at the registration. He says, no, it expired a couple of days ago. So I'm afraid I'm going to have to give you a ticket. He goes to his car. He comes back. He says, well, so I just wrote you a ticket for failure to produce. I'm not going to give you the full $600 fine, but you're going to have to leave your car here. I'm not going to tow it. We're just going to leave the car here. You just have to go and get some insurance and come back and put it on your car. And then you're, you're on your way. And I was like, well, well, thanks a lot. I, I really appreciate that because I understand it's your discretion how you enforce the law, and you could have chosen not to, so I appreciate that. So he's like, I just got to go and fill out a few things. I'll come right back, so you know, do what you need, and then I'll be on my way. So I get out of my car, and I'm on my phone, and he comes back with the ticket, and he says, well, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm trying to find an insurance place nearby. And uh, he said, oh, I know one just down the street. Hop in my car. I'll give you a ride. <laughs> That's nice. And he's like... Yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah, just just get in. Oh, no, hang on. You can't get in the front seat because that's where all my gear is. So here, just, just jump in the back. <laughs> so I get in the back, and uh, we drive down a couple of blocks to the place, and he's chatting away, and we're having a really good time. And I, and I because I, I had a, a, an experience not too long ago where the police officer was kind of rude and, and condescending, I thought, I really appreciate the way this guy has handled this whole situation. Like, not only has he cut... It's not that he just cut me a break, because anybody could just cut you a break and then let you go, but he was really nice and friendly and professional and went out of his way to, to help me out of a, you know, I was stuck basically on the side of the road. He didn't have to give me a ride. So we get there, and I just said, you know what, I'm going to tell him that 
he was probably the best police experience I've ever had in my life. But I, of course, I, I'm not a cop. I don't know the, the terminology. So I, I said, listen, it was really a pleasure to be arrested by you. I really appreciate the way you treated me. And he just laughed. He said, well, you're not under arrest. I just want to be clear, but thank you very much. And I said, and thank you, and I appreciate everything. And he said, okay, and just drove off. And uh, I remember phoning my girlfriend that night and just saying, she's like, how was your day? And I said, you know what? Actually, it, it really it started off terrible. I had a bad day at work. And then I got pulled over by the police, and she's like, oh, no. And I went, no, that's when it got better. <laughs> yeah, that's when it got better. Oh, my God. I'm smiling and yeah. laughing, and I'm also incredibly sad. Yeah. We'll include the link to the full audio of Linda Steele's clip talking about Constable Davidson yeah. in our show notes. And as the uh, news came out about the officer's death, the hashtag AbbyPDStrong trended on social media mm. as people expressed their grief and heard and more stories about Constable Davidson and his positive contributions to Abbotsford just poured out. I, I would suspect there's a lot of, of positive stories. Lisa Harmatuk related a story to abbynews.com in which Constable Davidson had calmed a road rage incident where Lisa and her daughters had been terrorized by an angry motorist. Jeez. She said, quote, he just made such an impression that I never forgot. He was such a good man. Oh. And she went on to say, he was just a genuine, honorable man. I think we've lost a man who dealt with people very fairly. I think his experience allowed him to come across a situation and engage with it without prejudice. Yeah, yeah. You really do get that sense when you learn about this guy. Yeah, and it wasn't surprising to anyone that despite the rain, the procession of police officers at Constable Davidson's celebration of life was massive. On Sunday, November 19th, 2017, over 5,000 officers from numerous municipal policing wow. policing agencies, including a horde of red surge-clad RCMP oh. and other first responders from all across Canada, packed the Abbotsford Centre Arena, and that's located at 33800 King Road mm -hmm. in Abbotsford. Mm -hmm. And they were all there to support Constable Davidson's family, grieving friends, co-workers, and members of the community who had been touched by his empathy and positivity. What an incredible and understandable turnout. Yeah. Wow, 5,000, I'll have four. <laughs> and that'll <laughs> no, be a great, more people that'll be a great turnout. Followed by the fallen officer's family and other members of the Abbotsford Police Department, eight fellow police officers acted as pallbearers. They silently brought John's casket into the arena, draped in a Canadian flag as the crowd watched. Another, and the whole thing was broadcast on CBC and I believe Global, mm -hmm. uh, the whole two and a half hours. Yeah, I so, remember. I didn't watch the whole two and a half mm -hmm. hours, but I do remember the broadcast. Another two officers followed uh, behind and they were carrying pillows. One was bearing Constable Davidson's hat from the Abbotsford Police mm -hmm. Department and the other bore his custodian helmet, more commonly called a Bobby's hat, mm. from his time in the Northumbrian police force. Okay, yeah. And the two head covers were placed solemnly on top of the casket side by side. Whew. Yeah. Oh. During the service, with mournful bagpipe music and a video memorial, many police friends and family members spoke, including John Davidson's siblings, who'd made the trip from overseas to see their brother off. <sighs> right? Not something they should have ever had to do. No. 
But it was Constable Davidson's three adult children, Drew, oh Dina, and Faye, that brought the gravity of the loss home. The trio fought tears and held each other as they said goodbye to their father. Here are some heart-wrenching highlights of their memories of their dad. Grab your tissues, folks. This is a tough listen. Oh, God. First, we hear from John's eldest daughter, Dina. I'm Dina. This is Faye Andrew. We just wanted to say a few things about our dad. There was something about the way he protected and cared for us that made him seem invincible. He was modest to the point of never mentioning his accomplishments, and if he did, he made it seem like it was nothing. He was such a fun and playful dad. He was always getting into trouble with mum. She would always say, you always take it too far, because he would literally play fight with us as if he was our equal, and he would either end up accidentally hurting us or tickling us to the point of crying. And that's when we were way younger too, I'm not talking about now. <laughs> um, which just goes to show what a kid he was. Oh man. Next, John's youngest daughter, Faye, shared some of her memories. She was so distraught, her siblings held her tightly as oh, she spoke. It's hard to properly capture in words just how special Dad was in a way that does him justice. He was strong, intelligent, hilarious, sarcastic, humble, and a real piece of work. <laughs> he was a tough father, but we always knew that he loved us so fiercely, and he held our well-being as his highest priority. Dad had such a powerful sense of what was right and wrong that showed through in everything he did. It's agonizing to picture a future without his guidance and support. But we'll always be able to imagine his harsh Scottish accent cheering us on. Oh, fuck. <sighs> yeah. Oh, God. John's 24-year-old son, Drew, was the last of the children to speak. I, I can't begin to put towards the immense gratitude we're feeling towards our family, uh, friends, colleagues, and the local, national, and global community. We've never felt more loved and supported, and I wish I could meet, thank, and hug every single one of you individually. Everything I could say about my dad has already been said today by much better public speakers than me. Uh, he's already been described perfectly as the hero, and more importantly, the human being that he was. Uh, instead, I'd like to read you a poem. It's also on the back page of the program. Uh, my family and I feel these words are direct representation of what John Davidson would have said to all of us today, if only he could. If I should go, by Joyce Grenfell. If I should go before the rest of you, break not a flower, nor inscribe a stone. Nor when I'm gone, speak in a Sunday voice, but be the usual selves that I have known. Weep if you must, potting is hell, but life goes on, so sing as well. Thank you. Oh boy. If you didn't catch that poem, I'll repeat it. It's called, If I Should Go by Joyce Grenfell, and it goes, If I should die before the rest of you, break not a flower, nor inscribe a stone, nor when I'm gone, speak in a Sunday voice, be the usual selves that I have known. Weep if you must, parting is hell, but life goes on, so sing as well. 
And with that, we will take a break and we'll be back. And we're back. So how are you holding up there, Scott? Oh, not great. Yeah, that was yeah. a rough one. Yeah. So how on earth does a police officer like this one end up murdered in a parking lot? Constable Davidson had never met the gunman. Mm. And he did nothing to provoke the attack other than showing up when he was called. Yeah, yeah. The man himself had no prior criminal record. But at the time of the shooting and his subsequent arrest, he was on quite the crime spree. Oh, okay. That November... 65-year-old Oscar Ferdinand Arfman had been living in a motorhome that was registered to his brother and parked in the area of Sumas Way and Lonzo Road in mm -hmm. Abbotsford. Mm -hmm. On Sunday, November 4th, 2017, only two days before Constable Davidson's murder, a man who later turned out to be Arfman had walked into the MSA Ford dealership on Mount Lehman. He said he wanted to test drive a black Mustang GT convertible that they had on the lot. Mm. A plastic harness with a dealer plate inside was affixed to the back of the car as it didn't have any plates on it. Yeah. The man was handed the key fob for the vehicle, hopped in, and drove the car off the lot and didn't come back. Oh, okay. That's not how buying a car works. No. So the car was reported stolen and video surveillance at the lot captured the thin man with scraggy hair and a mustache driving off in the expensive sports car. Yeah. Yeah, not the, uh, yeah, this is not the most stealth way to. No, but he got away. Yeah. On November 6, 2017, the morning of the murder, at 9.45 a.m., the same man walked into the Honda Way dealership just down the block in the same auto mall as Jeez. the Ford dealership the Mustang had been stolen from. Wow. This time, the man had his eye on a 2016 purple Dodge Challenger. This car, too, had dealer plates attached to the trunk again. When he was handed the key fob by an unsuspecting salesman, he simply got into the car and drove off the lot and didn't return. So he's got two stolen, two stolen cars. vehicles now. Yep. So at 11.20 that morning, parked in a handicapped spot at the Quiznos in the mall across the street from the auto mall was a black Mustang GT convertible. Mm -hmm. Corey Thomas was the lot manager from the Ford dealership, and he saw the car and immediately wondered if it was the same one that yeah. had been stolen from their business two yeah. days before. It was like literally across the street. Oh my God. There was residue of the dealer decals still in mm -hmm. the windows, oh my. but the car now had an Alberta plate on the rear. Corey blocked the Mustang in with his blue Ford F-150 and called the office using his cell phone to see if the vehicle's VIN number matched the mm. one from the stolen car. Yeah, yeah. And guess what? It did. It absolutely did. Another employee of the Ford dealership, George McDonald, came across the street with the spare fob for the car around 11.30 a.m. The pair didn't open the car but looked inside the windows. According to court documents, they, quote, saw a brown briefcase plastic bag in the back seat, and a white blanket rolled upon the floor and seat. One end was on the floor and the other end angled toward the driver's side. It was rigid, about three to three and a half feet long and eight to ten inches wide. Okay, this is okay. okay. Abbotsford police were called and Corey and George went inside the Quiznos to wait for them to come. Yep. Corey left his blue truck blocking the Mustang in so it couldn't be yeah, driven for sure. away. For sure, I get that, yeah. 
At 11.43 a.m., the purple Dodge Challenger with the Honda Way dealer's plates on it pulled up to the pumps at the Shell station just meters away from the Quiznos. <laughs> I, I'm laughing, but knowing the result, I feel bad, but this is just ridiculous. It is. Surveillance video at the gas station captured the occupant, quote, a man getting out of the driver's side of the Challenger, going inside the gas station, paying the cashier, and leaving. The man is wearing a black ball cap with white lettering and a logo, sunglasses, a black leather motorcycle-style jacket with silver details, jeans, a belt with a large silver oval belt buckle, and light pointed toe boots. He has shoulder-length hair and a mustache. So he matches the same guy as... Yeah, that's a pretty specific from look. The mu from the Mustang yeah, theft. Yeah. At 11.47 a.m., George and Corey noticed the lights of the Mustang come on. They flashed, as it happens when someone uses the fob. Mm-hmm. They notice a man walking toward the Mustang, this same man. Yeah. Uh, and he's coming from the shell station, key fob in hand. Oh, goodness. George and Corey approached the man, and the man growled, move the fucking truck. Whew. George said, that's our car. The police are on the way. That's not going to happen. And the man said, I'll show you what I have in store for the police. He then produced a folding knife, which he couldn't get open. <laughs> The man growled again, move that piece of shit, and Corey reiterated, that's not going to happen. Moments later, the man had the door to the Mustang open, and out came oh this long thing that he had in the back. Under he the unwrapped blanket? it. Yeah. It was a rifle. Oh, fuck. Okay. George yelled, he's got a gun. The man lowered the rifle, pointed it at Corey's truck, and shot a hole in the front fender Holy crap. of his vehicle. Corey, thinking quickly, snapped two pictures of the man and his rifle after the first shot, and the man was fiddling with his gun. And we've got it up here on that, the screen. That's an actual photo of him? That is a photo of him just after he shot the truck the first time. Oh, Jesus Christ. Right? Wow. I, th I thought this was like a reenactment photo no. or something. No, it is absolutely the, Holy the same thing. So we'll post all this on darkpoutine.com in our show notes. Yeah. We can't post them in the show notes on your app, but you'll see it on darkpoutine.com. Yeah. Yeah. The man shot Corey's truck twice more at 11.51 a.m. So as Corey and George fled for cover. Yeah. People started calling 911 about shots fired at the busy strip mall. It, like this is I a would hope, busy yeah. mall. Yeah, I, I know the I know that area. Yeah, I know that uh, the uh, auto mall. I know the yeah. whole yeah. At 11:52 a.m., the Abbotsford Police Dispatch broadcasted an alert tone: "Man with a gun." Mm. The man fiddled with the gun some more, opened the door to the Mustang, tossed the gun in, and then got into the car himself and started the engine. He managed to maneuver the Mustang around the blue truck and eventually made his way out onto Mount Lehman Road, with another bystander's dash cam rolling, capturing him making a U-turn and driving right back into the mall parking lot, using an entry further up the street at around 11.57 a.m. This is crazy. Starbucks surveillance footage captures a black Mustang driving into the middle of the parking lot, which then reverses into a parking stall. Just moments later, Constable Davidson's unmarked white pickup pulled into the lot and came to rest perpendicular with the Mustang. Mm -hmm. He had no idea that these would be the final moments of his life. Audio from another dash cam caught the two gunshots that ended John oh. Davidson's life. Oh, God. From court documents, quote, Crystal Blackwell was working in the Sun Life building on the second floor. She testified that she heard two loud shots. 
She looked out her window just after the second shot and saw a police officer lying face down in the parking lot. She saw a man with a rifle get into his car, maneuver around the downed officer's vehicle, and again make his way slowly onto Mount Lehman Road. Crystal yelled that an officer had been shot and that someone should call 911. I'm just in shock right now. This is all quite... Uh, and think about how quickly this is happening. Yeah. It's taking me longer to read it yeah, yeah. than all this went down. Yeah. And you'll hear at the end, we have some audio of the end of all this. I, I, I just always assumed this happened late at night when no, it's, it's middle a of the day. middle of like literal noon. middle of the day it's noon yeah and, and all this chaos mm -hmm. yep is happening crystal then ran out to the officer grabbed his radio and tried to call for help but it did not work hmm. her voice can be heard on the radio transmissions the officer was lying face down his hands above his head there was a blood trail growing in length coming from his body he never moved she could not hear breathing. Yeah. She saw no signs of life. Oh, this poor lady. So that's uh, a heavy, heavy trauma right there to have to witness. She was later asked why she'd run out, potentially endangering her own life. And Crystal said it was because she didn't want him to be alone there. Oh. A policeman carrying a rifle arrived moments later, as did another man who said he could help as he was a trained first responder. Calls of officer down went out across the Abbotsford police radio band. And other officers then began racing toward mm -hmm. the scene. Yeah. Heroic efforts were made to save the life of Constable Davidson at the scene and in the ambulance that carried him to Abbotsford Regional Hospital and arriving at around 12.25. He was formally pronounced dead at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, my God. From court documents, quote, Constable Sean Alton testified that he was on duty on November 6, 2017, driving a marked police vehicle. He responded to the tone alert broadcast at 11.52. The initial report was shots fired yeah. at Mount Lehman. Yeah. Later information was added that the shooter was related to a stolen vehicle. A description of the suspect was provided over the radio of a Caucasian male, older with long gray hair and a handlebar mustache. Mm. The suspect vehicle was a black Mustang convertible with an Alberta plate. The black Mustang drove right past Constable Alton on oh. Mount Lehman under a minute after it had departed the parking lot. Okay. The cop later testified that he made eye contact with the suspect as he passed. Holy crap. Alton pulled a U-turn and gave chase with his red and blue lights flashing and siren blaring. He broadcast over the radio, I've got it. Holy nut butter. That's just... Intense. In, if, I, I just feel like I'm watching a movie right now. Only moments later, Alton saw his opportunity as the two vehicles exited a roundabout. He crashed into the Mustang good. in a pit maneuver to try and bring the chase to a stop. Good, good. Another cop, Constable Watkins, also smashed into the Mustang on the driver's side. The Mustang was finally stopped. Other officers arrived almost right away and began shouting commands to the non-compliant suspect inside the Mustang, and gunfire erupted, wounding the suspect. The final seconds before the end of the fracas was caught by cell phone video through a car window of a passerby. Wow. This includes video of Constable Alton's car causing the Mustang to spin out as the other cars crash into it. Oh, wow. Here's the dramatic audio from that video posted in global news coverage of the events.
shit, imagine being this fella. As the police car hits the car from behind, yeah. it's right beside him. Oh my God. We'll post the whole video for everybody to yeah. watch yeah. on darkpoutine.com. Oh my God. But uh, And all that gunfire. Yeah. <laughs> That's the craziest video. Sweet fucking jibbers. No kidding. Holy crap. It, just going about your day. Just yeah. driving home or grabbing some dinner or lunch. Yeah. You're 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 you've gone out to Subway. Yeah. And you're you're taking lunch back for the boys at the at the garage or something like just that. Just watching a cop a, pl a police cart following behind another vehicle. Like then, that alone, just the pit maneuver viewing, you'd be like, Whoa, that's crazy and then bangity bang bang. Yeah. And it's not often that the police will actually discharge their weapons in public like that, especially uh a, such a busy place. Yeah. yeah. Because there's a good chance that somebody else is going to get hit, not yeah, just a suspect yeah. or even another police officer. But when they know the person they're pursuing just shot an officer. Right. That this is, you know. If uh, someone will shoot a police officer, they won't hesitate to run somebody over or, you know, drive through a little kid. Shoot somebody in the kid. way, shoot another officer yeah. like that, you know. Yeah. So it, it's, I understand the need for deadly force right off the bat. Oscar Ferdinand Arfman was arrested just minutes after the shooting. And while recovering in the hospital from bullet wounds of his own, he was charged with the first degree murder of Constable Davidson. Despite all the evidence, Oscar Arfman claimed he was not guilty oh, and he was not the one who had shot Constable Davidson. Get out of here. It had to have been someone else, he said. Aside from the photo of you. <laughs> With the gun. Holding and all. A, yeah. Although Arfman had a history of schizophrenia, he was determined fit to stand trial for the murder of Constable Davidson. According to court documents, quote, Dr. Jason Morin is the forensic pathologist who performed the autopsy on Constable Davidson. In his opinion, the cause of death was gunshot wounds. He identified two wounds, one in the back exiting the shoulder area and a second in the back of the neck, likely exiting through the mouth. Either wound would have been fatal on its own. Each wound would have been immediately or almost immediately fatal. The wounds were consistent with having been made by a shot from a rifle or long-barreled gun. Oh. Video, photo, and DNA evidence placed Arfman at the scene in the cars in possession of the unlicensed firearm and ammunition belonging to it. Mm -hmm. The Alberta plate on the Mustang was traced back to a relative of Arfman's. Mm. He had shot a well-loved uniformed Abbotsford police officer twice in the back in broad daylight. Arfman's defense team pointed to minor inconsistencies in eyewitness accounts and also that the absence of Constable Davidson's blood on Arfman's clothing created reasonable doubt. You know, I honestly feel bad for some, for defense attorneys because somebody's got to defend these yeah. asshats. Somebody has to. Right. But you, you, you just, you're, if you're that defense attorney, you know, this man is guilty. You know it. Yes. But yet you're still legally bound to have to represent. And, and provide a good defense for him. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. The trial judge, the Honorable Madam Justice Ross, found that the evidence showed that Arfman had committed the murder of Constable Davidson. Yeah. Arfman's statements made to Corey Thomas and George McDonald about his plan for the police with... I'll show you what how you have in store for them yeah. when they show up, yeah. was enough to ensure that this was first-degree murder. Yeah. He had planned to kill the cop that day. John Davidson just happened to be the person who arrived. Yeah, and there, there's no self-defense. There's no nothing. You, nothing. You were hiding and shot him. Yeah, 100%. Oh, my God. On February 3rd, 2020, 
That's right, this week, Oscar Arfman heard victim impact statements and was sentenced. Here's a portion of Global News' Grace Key giving a report Mm. on his sentencing. Constable John Davidson would have been in his element with grandkids climbing all around him. His daughter Dina said her future children will never know the most amazing grandfather they could have had. Davidson's widow and three children fought back tears as they read victim impact statements in a new Westminster court. Davidson's widow says, The first thing I see when I wake up is John falling to the ground face first. I can't imagine the feeling of intense pain throughout his chest, hoping he didn't remain conscious to feel the pain. Youngest daughter, Faye, was 19 when Davidson was shot and killed. She said, I was not done getting to know my dad and he wasn't done getting to know me. It makes me furious to know my dad doesn't know who I'm becoming. Davidson's killer, Oscar Arfman, had no reaction when he was sentenced to life without possibility of parole for 25 years for first-degree murder. Diagnosed with schizophrenia, Arfman addressed the court saying, I feel like a victim myself. He feels he was railroaded and he spoke of his injuries. He doesn't believe he killed anybody and he thinks he's the victim, as he said, he thinks he's the victim of a car accident caused by the police. The Davidson family wish to thank everyone who played any positive part in the journey to today's sentencing. Outside of court, Abbotsford Police Chief Mike Sear read a statement from the family. This won't alleviate our struggles in the future, but anything less would have been unjust and an insult to John's memory. Constable Davidson was honoured in a full regimental funeral with about 10,000 people coming out to say goodbye to a fallen hero. Grace Key, Global News. Oh, God. There's nothing I hate more than a killer who shows no contrition. Mm-hmm. Who, who just... It's, you took a goddamn life. Mm-hmm. You took a life. Mm-hmm. Listen to those victims, the f- kids... The least you can do is feel shitty about it. Yeah. It's the least you can do. But he continues to claim that he doesn't remember doing any of this, that it had to have been somebody else, and that, as his lawyer mentioned in that clip, he is the victim of a car accident caused by the police after which they shot him. I, I... I'm not saying I agree with... Let's give him the benefit of the doubt. If he, if his schizophrenia had kicked in, or... Moment of psychosis. moment of psychosis, and he can't... Or two days of psychosis. And he he can't remember having done that. Mm Mm-hmm. Any sane person once prevented with all of those facts, and if uh, a, a, an appointed psychologist determined him to be fit for trial, mm, yeah. you would think that after presented with those facts, you'd say, God, I don't remember doing that, but oh my God. I, 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 I think it was the fact that he told these other two men that I'm going to show the police what I have oh, for, sure. for them yeah, is what sunk sure. him. Yeah. Because he wasn't saying um, aliens have told me to do and any he of wasn't, this. Or... He, was, he was acting incredibly irrationally, but he wasn't acting as if... Um, he didn't know what he was doing. That he didn't know what he was doing. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's clearly somebody who has an ax to grind with authority. Yeah. And uh, set it up, set up a scenario where he would be able to lash out. Yeah. The city of Abbotsford uh, created a permanent memorial for Constable Davidson by way of a plaque. Good. Uh, Here's some global news audio of the ceremony and dedication for Mm. that. And the last male you hear speaking is Abbotsford Mayor Henry Braun. Mm. We will never forget our fallen brother, Constable John Davidson. 
one year after Constable John Davidson was killed in the line of duty, Abbotsford police are adding his name to the city's wall of heroes. You know, I, I remember talking to John. My last conversation with John was after cops for cancer, and he was just so proud of, of uh, being part of that event. Davidson stood out for his commitment to the community. He was passionate about helping youth and cycled hundreds of kilometers to raise money for childhood cancer. He's going to be missed, but this was a, an individual who thought of others before he thought of himself. There is a cost to freedom, and uh, this unfortunately is one of those costs that sometimes things happen where people have to sacrifice their own lives so that we are free. Tanya Beja, Global News. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's it for this week's case. Oh, uh, just what such conflicting emotions I have. Yeah. Like, because I'm just so happy at who he was. Yeah. Hearing about him. But about yeah, he was uh, the stolen things he's done, from, yeah. I, I feel happy. Like, what a wonderful man. Wow, what a great man. And then hearing how he was taken. Mm-hmm. And then hearing how uh, there was zero remorse from the killer, mm-hmm. hearing the impact from his family, yeah, and, and witnesses, and just oh my god! Another reason I wanted to follow up last week's case with this one in particular. Mm. Um, not only is it because it was in the news, but also because last week was a tough one for the police. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, and this one shows the opposite of that. Yes. So there are <laughs> there are cases where. There are many cases of police officers like Constable Davidson. Oh, for sure. And they go sort of unsung. They do. We don't hear about um, a lot of policing mm. until something goes wrong. Yeah. You yep. know, and in this case, something went wrong. Yeah. But it wasn't, it wasn't anything that Davidson did. What went wrong was somebody murdered him. Yeah. And, <clears throat> in cold blood. Yeah. And... and I I think the vast vast majority of law enforcement officers are uh, uh, mm-hmm. like like uh, this fella. Many of the but, many of the people who I know, and I have family members yep. who are police officers and uh, and lots of friends. Yep. Uh, many of those folks give their time, you know, to the community. Yeah. Uh, in in more ways than just showing up for their job and pulling people over and, and giving traffic yeah. tickets. In, in in every line of work. There are bad eggs, but the challenge with law enforcement is a bad egg. Like you, you having a bad day at work sticks out like a sore thumb. Yes, because you having a bad day at work, there's not a lot of consequence. No. A law enforcement officer not being good at what they do has a huge impact and huge consequence. So mm. I get that it gets blown up, but it is disproportionate. Yeah, to, to the, the hidden of, amazing things that law enforcement yeah. officers are doing. Like how many people do they pick up to make sure that they're yep. not hit by a car when they're staggering around drunk and, yep. you know, all kinds of things like yep. this. But anyway, yep. it is time once again to lighten things up a bit. Oh, thank God. <laughs> thank God. Yeah, that one was a, that one was a heavy one, Scott. Yeah, can I have a nap before we do this? I, well, I warned you. Jesus. I totally warned you that it was going to oh. be tough. All right. These voicemails better make me laugh. I doubt it. <laughs> Let's do some voicemails. Speaking of those, I can't. I can't fucking take it if it's gonna. Be. Scott, uh, you. Uh, Scott, you're a dink. Too you're many. A dink. Too many ums and ahs. Uh, Stop saying absolutely. I absolutely will not. I don't think absolutely is a problem. I don't think so. No, I don't have a problem with it. Absolutely. Oh boy. Well, let's let's look at this one. 
Uh, I don't know where this person's from. Let's hear. Hello, Mike. Hello, Scott. This is Mark Dobrovolsky. I'll leave it up to Scott to say where I'm from and what I do. After all, we know he doesn't make this stuff up. He's practically psychic. So I'll leave that to Scott. I do have a suggestion for an upcoming show. Sometime back, you gave us a behind-the-scenes look at Dark Poutine. You spoke especially about the sound effects that you play at the front end of the program. And I'm wondering if there might be a little more to share, behind-the-scenes sort of. Maybe not for a whole show, but at least for part of one. I offer that for your consideration, as Rod Serling used to say. Meanwhile, thank you both for a very satisfying listening experience. Gentlemen, you're geniuses. Have a great day. Wow. So, so Mark, so my first. Uh, um, uh, well, we have a we have a new new aid for you. Yeah. No, I've to, already I've already found. I, okay. I where, where where's Mark from? The Pacific Ocean. What? Yeah. He's he's not from Rand McNally. No, he's, he's, he's from, from the Pacific, Pacific Ocean. Ocean. Okay. Yeah. Where in the Pacific Ocean specifically, Scott? On a on a yacht. Oh, he's, he's on wrong. a yacht. Yeah, he lives so on he, a, he was calling us from a satellite phone? He was, he was. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And what is he doing on a yacht? If you couldn't tell by his speech, mm -hmm. um, he's a professor of linguistics, specifically- Oh, he certainly had that professorial yes, tone to him. Specifically enunciation. Yes. Yes. That okay. he, he, that's his So he's specialty. a professional enunciator. Yeah, exactly. I could use one of those. Oh, Lord knows we both could, yeah. <laughs> Mark, come sail your yacht if you say if it's a sailing yacht. Yes, back to Van over to Vancouver and uh, help us with our. Well, he is in the Pacific, which is connected yes, to the shore exactly. of Vancouver. So exactly. So uh, yeah, come yeah. for a visit. Yeah, that, he's either Ed Kemper in disguise because that enunciation, or it was Kemper esque. It well. was, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, it definitely was. Yes. Oh boy, Mike and Scott, <laughs> <laughs> I quite enjoyed that. Yeah, thank you, was, Mark. Yes, that, Mark, I really do thank you for what you brought to the show today. Well, let's. This one's from Edmonton. Let's let's give it a listen. Okay, it's that seven eight zero area code. So it's from somewhere in Alberta. I shouldn't say it's from Edmonton, but it's probably probably from Edmonton. There. Good evening, uh, you two fine gentlemen. Uh, this is Chris in Alberta. I just want to call and let you guys know you're doing an excellent job with your podcast. It's a very entertaining on my long drives for work, and it keeps me awake on the open roads. Uh, you guys do a really good job with your in-depth stories. Your jokes are uh, make me laugh, uh, and all the uh, stories that you cover from West Coast to East Coast are very interesting. There's a lot of them I've never heard of before in Canada alone are the ones you pick. Um, just fascinating in general. Everything is top-notch. You guys are doing a wicked job. And, uh, yeah, if you ever get a chance to stop by through Alberta, I'm sure there's plenty of people that probably want to shake your hand and uh, show you all the sights and sounds of Alberta has to offer. And, uh, yeah, go shit in your head. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Well, Chris... Thank you. Thanks so much, Chris. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that that me, was that made uh, me giggle a bit. I, I, 
these I needed. No, oh, you needed, yeah. Especially. After that episode, <laughs> I, I needed some 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 positivity, and and Chris and Mark have hit it out of the park. Yes, I just rapped, by the way. Oh, they did a great job. Yeah, Chris and them. Mark just hit it out of the park. Oh, <laughs> Scott. <laughs> Pacific. This Pacific. is why your rap career didn't go anywhere. Oh my at God, has a lot of reasons why that didn't happen. <laughs> I bet you you were just terrible. No, I was. Really? And I'm not. I'm honest to God, not trying to be like modest. I keep forgetting what your DJ name was. My rapper name, not your DJ name. name. Okay. My MC name was uh, Crazy Eight. Oh, geez. I was not crazy nor eight. <laughs> nor were you eight. No. So right off the bat, I started with lies. Let's give this uh, this one a listen. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Mike. Hi, Scott. Um, this is Samantha calling from Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, I've been a listener for a little over a year now. I've done your whole backlog. You guys are fabulous. You're wonderful people. I'm really grateful that your podcast exists. It's really opened up my eyes to all kinds of issues, and um, especially after the last one, the unsolved murder of Ambler Jacaro, um, it's really got me thinking about just like political strife and how, you know, we need to all be kinder to each other and realize the value of life and treat each other the way we want to be treated. I know it seems so basic, but um, it's really lovely to hear people like you who are kind and empathetic and empathetic, just doing your job and doing it well. And keeping us informed and, and knowledgeable about things that I would never have known about since I've never been to Canada. But one day, you know, hopefully I'll get to come in and have some legitimate dark poutine. Um, until then, uh, I wouldn't say go shit your hat because I love you guys, but um, <laughs> I know you like to hear it. So have a good night. Thank you for everything. Uh, I can't wait for the next episode. Bye. Thanks, Samantha. And I, I thought Vegas. she was going to say Las Vegas, uh, Slovakia. I thought it was going to be. Nope. Nope. Slovakia and nope. Las Vegas. No, nope. no. Nope. But she she did clarify. She so did clarify. The Carol and I love not Las Vegas. We've been yeah, there a bunch it's great. Of it's a great place. I, I I've only been once, but I quite enjoyed it. And uh, I still haven't braved the Heart Attack Grill. I do want to go there. Mm. It looks amazing. I, yeah, I don't and their know. hamburgers are like three feet tall. Oh God, yes. <laughs> Could deal with one of those. Crazy, yeah. Samantha. That was so nice. That it's crazy to hear we're positively influencing somebody. Right? Like, Jesus all Christ. these All these uh, voicemails have been so positive. You know yeah. what? So much so, I think we'll play a fourth one. Oh, my God. Oh, oh this no. is just, uh, we, geez, we're going to jump the shark here. Uh-oh. Hi, Mike. Hi, Scott. This is Elizabeth coming from Austin, Texas. And I noticed on the last podcast, you guys said that anyone who had seen the Bob and Doug McKenzie movie um, automatically got um, Canadian citizenship. And I saw that a long time ago, and I never received my citizenship package. I was wondering, since you guys are celebrities, can you guys see about getting me the package? Just let me know. Thanks. And love the podcast. You guys are great. Love your wives. And go shit in your hat. Bye. Well, thanks, Elizabeth from Austin, Texas. I'm laughing at being called celebrities, right? Oh my God! Since you guys are tell everybody on public transit that news because nobody seems to give a shit when yeah. I'm on. Give that. me the damn seat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, right? And you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna text um, Bob 
Oh. At gmail.com. I okay. believe that's Bob yeah. yeah. from Bob and Doug's email. Yeah. I'm going to call, I'm going to tell them they're a little tardy. Whatever the package is that she's referring mm-hmm. to. Yeah. I think it's probably just some donuts from Tim's. Mostly. <laughs> it's, it's some gruelers in a, in a 24 a beer. But yeah, she, uh, your citizenship should have arrived like years ago. Oh, it's sad. It's sad. You, you might have missed the window though. You, oh God, yeah. That's sad. Bad. That's, yeah. that's too bad. Yeah, I did hear Stephen Harper tried to reverse the, right. uh. His hair was the Bob actually and Doug. was really ruling everything. (laughs) Stephen Harper, I am your heir. (laughs) Wow. Wow. So there you go. That's four in a row that were awesome. That were wonderful. Yeah. Holy. Aren't we lucky ducks to have such good listeners? Good eggs. It's tickled my fancy. It tickled your fancy. I did. I put your fancy away. (laughs) No. Scott will send you pictures of his fancy. If no, you're... no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 okay. no, that's, uh, that's oh my private, God. private. <laughs> that's for private. That's just for you, Mike. No, I don't want to see your fancy. Oops. Don't open your <laughs> messenger. <laughs> oh, there it is again. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it makes me sick. It makes me feel funny. Yeah, that's the reaction I'm going for. Oh, that's no. exactly what I want. Yeah. I don't feel so yeah. good. No. When I see Scott's fancy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I was so doing the helicopter. We, we should do some uh, Patreon shoutouts. Yes, we should. I want to reorg the Patreon thing. I think I'm going to uh, do the uh, swag thing for Patreon, but we'll see how that works out. Mm-hmm. Ah, mm. more uh, new, new levels of Patreon coming oh, soon, folks. Oh, patronage. Yes, more coming soon. Uh, because people are saying, why can't I pledge more? It's like. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, let's open the floodgates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we'll definitely do that. And you'll get, if it all works out, you'd get swag for it. So, so oh, there you go. Sweet Jesus. Like a t-shirt or a mug. Sweet crackers. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. I don't think anybody will want us to do that, though. Uh, maybe one or two. Maybe one or two. Me and you. <laughs> so when did we? When did this podcast drop? The last one. Oh, this. These are great questions. <laughs> what day is today? What day is today? Is Scott? it September? It's, it's September. All right. So we do have some folks uh, who are new patrons here. First up is Brittany Hatter, and she is from Calgary, Alberta. I can pronounce Calgary. Yes, you can. Uh, somebody uh, told a friend of ours, uh, actually Mitzi, who's the author Mitzi Zaretto, yeah, yeah. yeah. told her that it's pronounced Calgary. <laughs> they, I think they were messing with her. They were messing but with her. It, in case you don't know, it's Calgary. Calgary. Calross. No, no, it's Calgary. Uh, yeah. So anyway, so thank you, Brittany Hatter. Thank you so much, Brittany Hatter. Muchas gracias. Yeah. Next up, we have Lisa Davis. Oh, good old Lisa Davis. Where is she from, Scott? I'd see you're using your uh, your new Kreskin like abilities yep, that I yep. bought for you. Yep, I I'm I'm tuning in. Mm-hmm. I'm tuning in. Okay. Um, What's mm-hmm, coming through? Mm-hmm. Oh yes, she's from Trim. Okay, China. Trim, China. Yep. Wow, that's I didn't know that was such a place. It, it, neither did I. Oh, okay. Until channeling. You just channeled it. Channeled and linked. And what does she do in Trim China? And I'm sure we're mispronouncing that. It well, could be Zim. It's T-R-I-M. I don't okay. see how you would mispronounce Trim. Okay. There's no Zs. What does Lisa do there? Uh, oh, Lisa is a hairstylist. Oh, in Trim China. In Trim China, hmm. she's a hairstylist. Uh, specializes. 
in, in panda bears. Mullet hawks. What? Yeah. It's like a mullet, so you got you've got the long and the back. It's sort of like a faux hawk for the mullet. Yeah, it was no, it's like full on big mohawk. Oh wow. Some big mohawk mohawk on the top transitions as it starts to go back and fade back, it transitions into a to a glorious so mullet. So it's punk punk rock on the top and yep. party in the back. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so it's pretty much party all around. Next up, we have Sid Smith. Sid Smith? Yeah, where's Sid from? That's about as uh, diverse a name as somebody can have. Hold on a sec. I'm just, Mm. I'm currently channeling. Channel, 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 channeling. Okay, I'm I'm getting it. Okay. I'm getting it. Right. Uh, I'm getting it. Uh, Kirov, Russia. Kirov, Russia. Yep, yeah. I wonder if... Uh, yeah. I wonder if Sid knows Dina Levina. No, 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 no. No, because Dina's in Moscow. Moscow is very, yeah. very different than Kiev. Yeah. Yep. But uh, yeah, so that's where uh, uh, Sam, is it Sam? Who was Sam, right? Sid. Is it Sam Sid? Sid Smith. Sid Smith. Is from Moscow. Sid Sam, well, Sam's his nickname. Oh. Yeah. So Sim Sam, Sid Sam Smith. Okay. Triple S, we call Sam him. Sam Smith, the, I call the him, singer? Yeah. Yeah, oh. I call him Triple S. There you go. Yeah, Triple S. You're yeah. just making that up. No, I don't make sure. these things up, God damn it. Okay. No, Sam Smith, um, he's a trombone cleaner. Oh, weird. Yeah. yeah. It's a big market. You would be, especially in Russia. Trombones are huge in Russia. Oh, my God. It's hmm. like one out of three people play the trombone in Russia. There little little known fact, yeah. So he's good. Yeah, he's a he's a polisher. He polishes them just oh, amazingly. Boy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's that's. Kind you of you want a shiny fucking trombone? Sid's your guy. Sid's the guy. Sid's the guy. Next up, we have Kelly Moore. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, oh no, we did her Kelly Moore Civic. Oh, uh, oh we did Patty Hurdle. Yeah, because I remember Patty Hurdle's not oh, Hurdle. Brittany Pendergast. What a great name. Yeah. Yeah, Brittany Pendergast. Where's Brittany from? Um, Pendergast, Alberta. Okay. Yep. You didn't use your tools. No, so. no, because I know, I, know, I know her very well. Okay. Yeah, I know her very well. Interesting. Yep. And what does she do there? Well, what, does mo- what do most people do in Alberta, Mike? Mm, they either work in the oil industry, they might be cattle farmers. Mm-hmm. Those are, yeah. Well, uh, no, no, think something more popular. More popular yeah, than that? Yeah, more popular than oil. Place for the Calgary Flames. No, no. Uh, Edmonton Oilers? No. Uh, Works at Chevron. Oh, yep. fair enough. Yep. There you go. It's a good gig. Thanks, Brittany from yeah. Chevron. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in yeah. Alberta. Yep, yep. So, so, I mean, I guess you could say she does work in the oil yeah, industry. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a good, it's a, you know. It it pays the bills. It pays the bills and uh, bills need to get paid. They definitely need yeah. to get paid. So it looks like we had some, some people send us some donut money. Oh, great. Which is nice. I always appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Kara Sentence and it looks like she spells sentence A-N-C-E rather than E-N-C-E. So mm-hmm. I'm probably mispronouncing it. Well, no, I think it seems right. Kara Sentence. 
Sentence. Sentence. And she said, just now listen to the last Halloween episode. Had to send donut money after hearing you so vocally support the preservation of this holiday. That's awesome. I love Halloween. Oh, my God. It's, it's, Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's uh, Christmas and then Halloween for me. We have celebrated both together. We have. Yes. yes. Funnily enough. Yes. Um, also, here we have from Shamara, Shamara Haynes. Mm-hmm. And she wants to thank us for doing what we do. You make light, life slightly easier. Wow. <laughs> thanks for your donut money and that awesome little shout out. Wow. That's kind of cool. Wow. I'll take slightly easier. Exactly. Uh, here we have from Martin Hawley in Detroit. Whoa. He says, greetings from Detroit. Here's some cash for a box of Timbits and some coffees on me. Love the podcast. I've been following ever since the ladies of my favorite murder sent me your way back around episode 30. As half American, half Canadian, I wanted to share my bit of personal, not so dark Canadian history with you guys. My great grand, my great great grandfather on my mother's side, the of the family was Sir Francis Xavier Lemieux. Oh. Sir Francis was a Quebec City lawyer who came to fame as leading the defense for team for Louis Riel during oh. his trial for high treason wow. after he uh, led the Red River Rebellion. Yeah. Sir France for Sir Francois. Uh, lost that case and Riel was executed for high treason, but it worked out in the end. Sir Francois, I mispronounced it early. I mispronounced it earlier. Mm -hmm. Sir Francois eventually became a member of the Legislative Assembly of Quebec, then a judge in the Quebec Superior Court and was knighted in the Order of Canadian Knights Bachelor in 1915. What? Damn. How can we get that? I think we should be knights. I think we really should. Yeah. What would we do with such power though? Keep up the good work. The show is fantastic. Go Red Wings. Have a nice day and go shit in your hat. Well, you lost me at Go Red Wings. We... Yeah. Well, I don't think they're, they're so great anymore. Stevie Y was yeah. amazing. Yeah. 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 Detroit was at the Windy we underst- City. We understand. That the Windy City or is that Chicago's the Windy City? Detroit's the car city. I don't know. Something like that. So here we have, hi, uh, we have another hot, uh, another donut money and it's, oh. hey, it's Garbo Pete from Queensland, Australia. That's a very Australian sounding name. Garbo Pete. Garbo Pete. Exactly. <laughs> I enjoy listening to Dark Poutine <laughs> while I take out everyone's empty beer bottles, <laughs> beer bottles and Wheaties boxes for recycling. Oh. I appreciate that you can approach what are sometimes ghastly stories. I'm I'm just going sideways. With such respect uh, to the victims and the whole timber timberyard community <laughs> you guys have created. Go shit in your hat from sunny Queensland. Go get yourself some Timbits and a cup of coffee. Oh, thank you so much. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I I got a warm spot for Australia. Yeah. I go A because it's warm. And you've there. been there. And I've been there. Which I, I would like to go there a lot time. of places. Yeah, it's great. So thanks to all our patrons and donut money senders, past and present, for your pledges and throwing a little bit of cashola our way. We really appreciate your support of the show. If you want to help support, you can do so at patreon.com slash darkpoutine or for one-time support, you can send us some donut money via PayPal at our email address, darkpoutinepodcast dot at gmail dot com if you don't already it mean a lot to us if you subscribe to the show 
Find us on iTunes, Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, or wherever you get your on-demand audio. Somebody sent me an email. Mm. Now, I know I say Spotify mm-hmm. at the end of every show, but mm-hmm. maybe this person doesn't listen to the very end. Because mm-hmm. she said, when are your shows going to show up on Spotify? Oh, great news. Yeah. So I sent her the link. It was like, yeah, they've been there for two years. Here's, yeah. here's the link. And she was like, oh, I'm so sorry. The search didn't work. I was like, so I tried it a few times yeah. myself. Had other people try it. Works just fine. Oh. She might have been spelling poutine as routine. Maybe. It, it's it's quite, it, yeah. Or dark, incorrectly. Dork. Dorks, yeah, because we are both. Yeah, dork poutine. Yeah, dork. It works. It works just fine. You can easily rate, rate, rate us now on podchaser.com. It's like IMDB for podcasts. Mm-hmm. We're doing pretty good there. Good. Check out our website, darkpoutine.com, for show notes and other cool stuff. Give us a like or a follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just search for Dark Poutine. Most importantly, thank you for listening and tell your friends about us. Word of mouth is, an, uh, is a powerful thing. Until next week, don't forget to be a good egg and not a bad apple. <sighs> Bye-bye, everybody. Goodbye. Mark for Mark. <laughs> nemu, nemu. <laughs> <laughs>